This Week in Tech. Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, more big cyber attacks, new life-saving chemical sensors, Ford recalling more than a million vehicles, and a new dating app for cows. All this and more coming up. The city of Akron is continuing to deal with the effects of a major cyber attack. And while they do so, they're also putting together a plan to more effectively deal with attacks in the future. One city councilman suggesting that moving more of the city's data to the cloud would be the way to go. And while city administrators are thinking about doing that, what we wanted to know is whether that would really make any difference, and if so, why? So we talked to Dr. John Nicholas from the University of Akron. Cloud computing allows you really better disaster recovery. It doesn't necessarily add a level of security, although it does because a lot of these places have the resources in place to protect the data once it's stored there. But it can get hacked en route and individual users can get hacked on their individual computers. So the benefit of the cloud is if you do get hacked and you've backed up regularly, you can recover from that hack very quickly. And there was a big cyber attack in Australia as well. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Our cyber experts believe that a sophisticated state actor is responsible for this malicious activity. Let me be clear, though, there is no evidence of any electoral interference. During the course of this work, we also became aware that the networks of some political parties, Liberal, Labor and Nationals, have also been affected. Meanwhile, a new report reveals an increase in computer attacks targeting people's medical records. ProTennis, a firm that helps healthcare companies protect data, says there were 222 known medical hacking incidents last year, and that's up 25% from 2017. CBS News correspondent Anna Werner has more on how those records are bought and sold on the black market. Gary Cantrell sees it all the time as head of investigations at the Health and Human Services Department's Office of Inspector General. Every one of our investigations involves the use of medical data to commit this fraud. He warns thieves want people's medical records. It's just a treasure trove of all this information about you. Last year alone, he says the agency handled nearly 400 reports of medical data breaches. Some of that information winds up for sale on the Internet's dark web. Sometimes they're compromising this data and we don't know how it's being used, when or if it will be used to compromise those individuals' identities. So it's kind of sitting out there like a time bomb, potentially. That's right. A husband and wife team of researchers at Kent State University just got a $300,000 grant from the National Science Foundation for developing a new kind of life-saving chemical sensor. Professor Torsten Hegman tells us about the work that he and his wife Elda are doing with liquid crystals and what makes it so unique. These kind of sensors can produce a visual readout like a picture or text or an image solely depending on the presence of very low levels of toxic gases and vapors. So they don't require any power, they don't require any battery, 
they operate as a chemical sensor. Can you tell me which applications it would be most useful for, please? One aspect of the application would be with firefighters. A second one would be, of course, with military personnel, particularly in conflict zones. I'm sure most people have heard of chlorine gas attacks in Syria, for example. Any kind of chemical manufacturing that's using toxic gases and vapors would be of interest. But we are also looking into medical sensors. Certain disease states can be monitored by vapors or gases that are exhaled by patients. For example, diabetes, certain types of cancer are affiliated with some particular vapors being exhaled by patients. Can you tell me where would these sensors be located? Would they be built into some sort of clothing or would you wear them as a headset? How would they work? Depends on the application. Military and firefighters, particularly with firefighters, it would be interesting to integrate them into their visor. Firefighters wear a breathing device, which is a mask affiliated with the pure air and oxygen that they inhale. It's like a mask that they wear over the entire face. And it would be best if these sensors are integrated into the visor so that the firefighter would directly see it right in front of his peripheral vision when something is present in the air and he shouldn't take the mask off. The same would be for military. For anything medical, it would be something that you would simply hold in your hand and then in the morning when you get up, basically breathe towards this device. In terms of how it would appear to the person that's using it, would the sensor glow a particular color if a particular gas was present or would it just say glow red if something toxic was in the air? Would it be sensitive enough to discern between the the various ones or just kind of give you an alert? We are developing two kinds of sensors. One of them would be more of an analytical sensor that would monitor a certain level of a particular gas or vapor over a certain period of time. So you would be able to tell how much have you been exposed to a certain gas over a certain period of time. And then there is a second one which basically just gives you like a yes, no above a certain threshold. So it just tells you this is present above a certain threshold or limit in the area. And so the way this would work is we are actually trying to stay away from color. Over 10% of male people in Europe and also North America are a certain type of colorblind. And so our sensors work by light transmission. So it's basically a picture, a text, a logo that will appear either black in, in respect to a translucent background or the other way would be translucent with respect to a black background. So it would be pure light transmission. Also today, Ford is recalling more than a million vehicles. WWJ Radio's Jeff Gilbert has more. The most serious recall involving 2011 through 13 F-150s that can downshift without warning. Five crashes and one injury linked to that problem. No injuries linked to the other issues, one involving new Lincoln Nautiluses and Navigators, as well as Mustangs that have instrument panels that can go blank. Lincoln Continentals, meanwhile, have door latches that can fail. This week, we had a disturbing report about a 70-year-old local woman who's facing bankruptcy now because she gave more than $200,000 to somebody she didn't know and whom she'd never actually met except online. And sadly, she's not alone. There's a new report out from the FTC that says more than 21,000 Americans reported falling for online romance scams last year to the tune of $143 million. CBS News can 
contributor and Wired Editor-in-Chief Nicholas Thompson offers advice on how to tell if you're talking to a legit potential love interest and not a scammer. The best way is if you can figure out a friend of a friend or someone who can verify their identity. That's the gold standard. If you can't do that, you look for other clues. You look for clues in the conversation. You see, does it actually seem like they're a real person? Does it seem like the person they say they are? If you ask them a question, do they give a response that seems genuine? If somebody starts to ask for money or it starts to feel weird, stop and ask a trusted friend, show them the conversation, explain it to them, pull yourself out of that emotional vortex. But love is a many-splendored thing, even for cows. That's right, cows. And as CBS News correspondent Tina Krause reports, there's a brand new matchmaking app that's just for them. In a meat market like this, finding a love connection takes a bit of creativity. Just pause right there. Farmers across Britain are using a new app to choose the best breeding partners for their cattle. The idea of, of Tudder is, is taking inspiration from Tinder and, and making that come alive for, uh, for livestock. Tudder runs on the same concept as the dating app Tinder. You swipe left for no or right for yes until you make a match. Matching livestock online is even easier than it is to match humans because there's a huge amount of data that sits behind these wonderful animals that uh, predicts you know, what their offspring uh, will be. Unlike other dating apps, choices are made not just on looks or personality, but science. Profiles of cows and bulls from 42,000 UK farms reveal how much milk a mate could produce and its protein content, along with the animal's breeding potential. Tina Krause, CBS News, London. And before we sign off today, a reminder that you can now subscribe to this program as a podcast on your Apple or Android device. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news and find more online at WAKR.net.